What's up, champs? Welcome back to Catching Him Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hinton, and this week I got a good friend of mine, Andrew Walker, here. Uh, he has some experience dabbling in uh, selling a variety of stuff. I want get, to get into that, Andrew, but uh, I have some questions for you. Uh, as you know, I'm starting my own business, and I am trying to get better at selling product, and that's the bane of my existence. I don't know how to confront anyone and I want to get some some maybe some stories you have from from work some and something embarrassing might be exciting to talk about too I don't know but oh, there, there's plenty of embarrassing stories that's for sure you started back in uh, Wells Fargo you were my banker way right. back in the day in, the, in Nebraska um, but just can you go over your history a little bit in sales and, and how you've moved up the chains throughout throughout the years well yeah it's been been a uh an interesting journey, but I, you know, started out working at Wells Fargo and kind of worked my way up the ranks through there from being a teller to a lead teller. And then for about the last year that I worked there, I was a banker. And uh, of course we knew each other before, but having you, you know, bank at Wells Fargo is always your guy to come in and, you know, whether I was throwing, uh, throwing your dog on a debit card or helping move some money around, whatever it was, it's always a good time. But, you know, there was, an aspect of that job that I did some selling, uh, but at the point that I worked there, Wells Fargo had kind of, you know, gotten in some hot water for unscrupulous business practices. So there wasn't a whole lot of selling involved at that point, um, but that's where I kind of learned the foundation of being able to <clears throat> interact with people um, on a personal level, because, you know, ultimately finances are a, a big portion of people's lives. So from there though, I just, you know, we were in Nebraska, we'd spent our, you know, I'd spent our, my whole life there at that point and it was time to get out and the mortgage uh, industry was at its all time lowest rates. And so I, you know, figured, you know, why not take a shot and see what happens. So I ended up applying for a bunch of jobs, made it out and uh, got picked up by a company. So I packed up my stuff and moved out to Arizona sight unseen and got licensed and started selling mortgages and that first year i remember uh it was probably november of 2020 that i got my licenses and the way they did it was once you got your licenses you were in, in a probationary period and at that point we had until the end of the year to sell five loans uh to, mm. in order to be placed on a team so okay. that first so that was in November of 2020. And I remember the first like three weeks I'd, you know, barely taken even two or three applications. And the ones that I did were, were rough. Mm. So, you know, it was getting down to the wire at that point. We're getting into December. I was like, this, this isn't working. I remember having uh, a one-on-one -on -one with one of the, the managers for the, for the new uh, loan officers his name was Justin and he was like, you know, he pulled me aside. I remember interviewing with him that summer and they didn't typically like to hire people out of state. And so he actually was the one that pulled for me because did well enough job on the interview. And so I remember talking with him and he was like, dude, I got you out here for a reason. So it's, it's time to, to put your money where your mouth is. Like, just do this thing. And I don't know what that, if that sparked it, but by the end of December, I'd closed on five loans and January 1st, I hit my team and it was off to the races there. So, dude, there's something really valuable about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
your friend Justin, even just one person, at least showing that they they believe in you can spark a massive, massive boost to your to your confidence even. Yeah. And just for weeks and weeks and weeks, just that one person that's above you that shows that they actually like trust you, that can be a huge game changer. That, that that's actually cool. I didn't know that story at all. Yeah. So that was pretty integral in me, you know, getting that push. And so January rolled around. I hit my team. Uh, so this would have been January of 2021, and at that point, it was just a matter of how many of lo how many of these loans can I sell? And again, the the rates were at the lowest point in in history, and it was ultimately like shooting fish out of a barrel. It felt like I got really good at connecting with people, and you know, trying to be as least salesy as possible, and just you know, what's your situation? How can I help you? and flipping under the hood and getting into their credit and you know by the end of 2021 i i think i ended up doing about 15 million in residential loan volume and ended up making the the most money i've ever made in my life and it felt really cool to you know get a taste of that and you know put my name on something because we didn't have any sort of base pay and so i earned every <laughs> every penny of that and so that was really cool uh and then, you know, fast forward to March of last year, 2022, uh, kind of crazy. This is just about a year ago that this happened now. And so much has changed even since then. The mortgage industry really took a turn and management was breathing down my neck and got tired of it. It was way too stressful not having any sort of base pay to, to walk home to and know if my bills were going to be paid by next month if I didn't close any loans. And ultimately made the decision to leave the industry. And about two months after that, the company had closed that branch. And I think at this point they're getting ready to get sold. So oh, made, the, made the right idea or made the right decision to get out. And uh, thankfully I did. And that's kind of catapulted me into where I am now after working at a startup after that, that uh, ended up letting me go after two months, which was pretty rough. Uh, I'd gotten into a company to do inside sales, pretty much selling a, a software product, but they uh, ultimately put their runway before the plane was built and ended up letting me go about two months after that. So that was pretty brutal. Wasn't sure where I was going to go at that point and ended up getting hooked up with some old, old mortgage buddies to, uh, to sell timeshare defense attorney services which was probably to date the most sketchy job I've ever had. And I've done some pretty sketchy jobs <laughs> paid under the table and stuff. But I mean, if you were to watch a movie and they show like, you know, what an average telemarketing office yeah. looks like, it was that times 10. And that was brutal. That was definitely a lower point. Um, I, I did pretty well doing it, but I didn't feel good about it. And so while I was there, I was, you know, continually hunting for a new position. And that's where I found my, my new company, uh, Stenson Tamadon, where, uh, ultimately I helped small, medium sized businesses, uh, identify tax credits. And so now I'm selling essentially free government money, uh, finding businesses that are eligible for it. And we're, we, I'm just doing our sales kickoff this weekend and we've got a SaaS product that's going to be going along with it. That's coming, uh, by the end of this quarter. So, Lots of cool things happening. The the companies uh, filed 
for over 4,500 businesses for $3.6 billion in tax credits. And they have made an insane amount of money and it's cool watching them take that capital and, you know, releasing it into new businesses for them. Okay. So that's some of your background. Obviously you've sold, sold things from here and there. Um, you know how to sell some stuff. Are you doing cold calling a lot or do you have lead generation and how does that work kind of? So I actually, uh, originally started with a company to sell what's called an employee retention credit. And that program comes from COVID and has an expiration date on it. So I was kind of worried about that. They have uh, about another year and a half before that credit starts to expire. But I was kind of worried about that, you know, after going through everything I went through with the mortgage industry, I was like, you know, this company going to be around or like when this credit goes away, does the company go away and I'm out of a job, they're just going to take the money and run. But that's been a really cool piece of what they're doing. They, you know, establish themselves with the capital that they earned to uh, build out a SaaS product for selling those selling tax credits. All that to say in December, so I was with the company for about four or five months at that point. In December, I got promoted uh, for a new, new tax credit that they're bringing to market. So I work with the research and development tax credit primarily. I still sell the other one. Uh, but that's pretty much the new wave uh, once the other tax credit goes away and then they're adding more. So that was cool that they saw enough on me that they wanted my help with building out the new product uh, and delivering that to the market. So I get uh, a small amount of leads, uh, but, you know, with a new product, they have to ramp up marketing. They have to get everything up and running. So uh, a good chunk of my day is spent cold calling businesses, which can uh, can be pretty Make for some long days. Well, that's, that's good though. That's where I need. A, <clears throat> that's where I need some of your expertise. Yeah. So it, would it be better if I'm reaching out to somebody that's nearby, like a local company, smaller business, and I want to get some marketing content for them, and that can be an affordable option, right? Because I'm a, right. a one man business, so the the cost is is a lot smaller than these these bigger companies. So right. do you think I'd have more? uh luck actually going into their door and is it do you think it'd be overall better to be a person and and like have a face or do you think cold calling is going to give me similar results long term you know that's a good question and you know especially with the drone work i feel like the the in-person aspect can can probably be helpful with me i mean i haven't really interacted with the people that i've sold with in a one-on-one -on -one capacity you know like this uh, since I was at Wells Fargo. So the fact that, you know, I can be earn people's trust enough just on a phone call or on a zoom call like this is, is pretty cool. But I think with, with your services, I mean, being able to, to step into the business and immediately show them what you can offer, uh, would probably be a leg up, but at the same time, it's just about being tactful with, with how you're calling them. If you were to do some, some cold calling and, given that you're in Denver already in that, in that area, I think it would be, uh, you know, saying, you know, it's just me. I'm trying to get, you know, myself out there. That stuff goes a long way because, you know, at the end of the day, people buy from people. So being able to connect with them on that personal level, uh, most business owners that I've talked to are willing and able to, you know, hear you out if you approach it in the right way. 
That's a good idea, actually. I never even thought about it that way. Maybe if I advertise myself as a solo hustler, maybe it would be even more respect to the name, and maybe somebody would want to help me out even more. Right. I mean, I haven't even thought about it that way, honestly. That's a, that's a good I, that's a good point. I mean, I've closed business. And, you know, Like I said, people buy from people. I've closed business. I had a guy, he was kind of dragging his feet, getting his paperwork clean, cleaned up. It was the end of my month, and I needed his deal to go over to to hit my number and make my commission for the month. And at, <laughs> honestly, I, I leveled with the dude. I'd built enough rapport with him where I felt comfortable doing this. And, you know, you never want to have, like, commission breath or, like, be wanting to come off pushy, like, you know, I need this, I need this, I you know, get it done. I leveled with the dude. I was like, yo, my boss is breathing down my neck. Uh, if I get your deal across, he's going to, to be off my back and, you know, I would really appreciate it. And I think and by the end of that, honest too. yeah, I just, I was like, dude, I'm going to cut you straight. We've had, you know, good conversation. I really appreciate working with you, but I need your deal to, to get across the, the mark this weekend to, uh, to make my number for the month. And I think by Friday night, he had had all this stuff uploaded and signed our contract. And so that, I mean, that just goes a long way. And if you can build that mm. level of rapport where it's not, you know, you, you just have to ask for the business at the end of the day. If you don't ask for the business, the answer is always going to be no. That's a good point. I think that's probably where I'm falling short. I've had a handful of leads come from like close friends or, you know, family or whatever. And I, one in particular that, re that um, really catches my attention is this, this gym, this CrossFit gym in Denver. And this guy was looking for some uh, marketing work and he's like, yeah, I never turned down marketing work. And so I reached out to him and I kind of like told him what I'm about and tried to like sell myself, you know? Yeah. But I didn't get very, I didn't get personal with it at all. So he probably didn't like remember who I was. He probably just under remembered it as another drone business. And right. Like, I think there's something to like, if you actually build a connection with the guy and maybe even be openly honest with them about yo man i'm just trying to land a couple jobs to get going yeah maybe something like that not to make them feel bad but maybe just so they have more of a an, a connection with you and, and they feel better about right. putting their money in that in that right. sense that's a really good uh, really good advice actually and that i mean and for business owners specifically i mean they've been where you know you're sitting at you know in, in whatever capacity that may be and it's you know it hum humbles a person it puts it in perspective where you're starting out. And I think, you know, being able to have that connection and especially when it comes to referrals, just leaning on the fact that, you know, hey, you spoke to so-and-so and I have this sort of relationship with them and they trust me enough to, you know, to recommend me. You know, you really got to use that to your advantage because, you know, people will respect that. They'll, you know, they have people that they trust and they like their advice, so. What's the easiest way to retain somebody that you're calling and they have no idea who you are? Like, do you, do you just hit the ground running? Like, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Do you ask them more questions first? What's your experience? With cold calling, um, it's really hard to get people to stay on the phone. And what I've found, what works best and, you know, how I get people to at least, you know, give me that 30 seconds that I need to let them know why I'm calling, um, is just pointing out the elephant in the room. So. You know, if I were to call you up as, as a drone business to offer tax services and I had no idea who you are, my call would be like, hey, Ryan, this is Andrew. I'm calling from such and such. And such. Um, unfortunately, I do have you on a cold call here. I was just hoping to, to grab you for a quick 30 seconds, tell you why I'm calling. And ultimately, if it's not a fit, 
you can tell me to get lost. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, I could chuckle a laugh or something and they're like, you know what, go ahead and shoot your shot. But breaking that down and calling out the elephant in the room before just like getting somebody on the phone and be like, hey, I'm calling with this business. I want to see if I can help you do this, this and this. People are right. going to hang up on you. They, they get, exactly. They get and that's how I feel too. Because like, I'm like, if somebody random calls me and starts selling me, I'm like, dude, you realize I don't know who you are and you're cold calling me. Exactly. And for you to just be like, you know what? I, I get it. Like, you don't know who I am. This is a random call. But yeah. if you want to listen to me, give me your, your time. Because then you're, the person the whole time in the back of their head, they're just thinking, why am I listening to this guy? This guy's trying right. to take my money. He's trying to rip me off. Like what, so they're never actually listening to your points anyways. So there's no way you're going to sell them. Right. Exactly. And, you know, uh, another one that I've seen a lot, I do a lot of, I, I scroll on LinkedIn a lot. There's a lot of people out there putting, putting sales stuff out there. And, um, I've learned a lot from doing that. And LinkedIn, I think is a super powerful tool, uh, for connecting with businesses. It's, you know, the number one social platform for businesses. So I've worked hard on, you know, positioning myself well on there. I've written a few posts myself and some want to get back to, but one of the funny things I saw people do one cold calling would be like, Hey, this is such and such. I'm calling with this company. You want to roll the dice? <laughs> and like so something funny like that. Cause like interrupting the normal pattern of, of what kind of sales calls they get is going to buy you the time uh, to, to get past and get in the front door to at least let them know why you're calling. Interesting. Okay. That's yeah. cool, man. I like that a lot. I haven't, I haven't in LinkedIn for my drone business, but I haven't even touched it. I feel like I could connect with so many people in Denver if I started using my LinkedIn. And you know, yeah. And you just, you know, you send a connection, you know, send a personal note and you know, I'm doing this. I'm trying to get my, my drone business up from the ground floor. If there's anything I can help your business out, um, you know, please let me know and point out something that you like about their business. You know, it's, you know, it's, it can't be a one-sided transaction. You know, I saw your post about what you guys are doing with CrossFit or whatever it may be. I really like how you do it. You know, if you ever need help with drone bit, you know, drone work or marketing, you know, let me know. That is something I try to, sorry to interrupt you, man. There's something I try to always do is, is research the company before I try to pitch them Mm -hmm. and try to be like, yo, this is something that you guys must uh, really have passion for. And this is something I want to really focus on when I'm making a marketing video for you guys. I do feel like that helps overall leveraging to get them to want to actually work with you, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, but um, that's some good sales advice. Man. And, you know, referrals, referrals go a long way for sure. It's funny that we had mentioned that a little bit. Uh, as I said, we did our, our sales kickoff for the company this weekend and uh, they brought in a, a sales consultant and he told us he's been in business, helping businesses uh, from all aspects of recruiting, uh, sales processes, techniques, uh, sales scripts, anything of the sort, and taking a lot of the businesses that he's worked worked with from you know two hundred to three hundred times in uh, their their income and profit. And he said that in the last eight years of his sales consulting business, he hasn't had to take one lead. He is constantly getting referred to, and that's just because he connects with his businesses. He sends them gifts. He, you know, when they close on business, you know, he stays in contact with them. And that stuff goes such a long way because, especially in sales or, you know, whatever it may be, you own your own business. The connections that you make, you know, they're connections for a a lifetime. 
And if you nurture that relationship, they're going to keep you in mind when, you know, in mortgages, I had people refer their friends and family to me and businesses I've had, you know, refer other businesses because I've helped them get X amount of dollars in tax credits and they had a good experience. But, you know, wherever I go, you know, I can, I'm still Andrew, whatever it may be that I'm selling. If I have people that like me, they're going to work with me. Yeah, the referral is probably the most important part of any business, really, because yeah. like I had uh, one of my buddies, Colin, from high school, he reached out to me. Actually, when I was in Nebraska, I did a few jobs for him, drone work for his dad's company. And so that's just because I was a good person and I had a good relationship with the guy. So it's just that's just word of mouth right there. Exactly. And, I had, and that's a referring client. And I live in Colorado. So every time I go to Nebraska, I, I usually do a job for him. And that's that's awesome. literally just word of mouth, like you were saying. Exactly. And it, and it stays with you, you know, wherever you go. You move from Nebraska all the way to Colorado, and he thinks of you whenever, you know, you're in town. That's, <coughs> excuse me, that's really cool. Um, uh, there's this one guy, uh, and I did a mortgage for him, I think it was back in July of 2021. He's a financial advisor down in Texas, and uh, the loan that I helped him get, he was able to put in uh, a pool for his wife at their house. And it, there's my dog in the background. <laughs> Big old yawn. Big old yawn for Leo. Um, he was able to put in a pool for his wife who has a disability uh, to help her with uh, physical therapy. And, you know, for whatever reason, I rubbed him the right way. Uh, he calls me every year on my birthday to, to wish me happy, happy birthday. And he's actually referred a couple of his uh, wealthier clients that own businesses uh, to help with tax credits. And so it's things like that that, you know, give you the juice to keep going and knowing that you're making a good impact on people's lives that however many years later they think of you when they, you know, need assistance with something. That's the best feeling in the world. And that's, you know, ultimately why I like doing sales. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so I wanted to get into the gym a little bit. Um, I, I have a, a weird... Uh, habit going on here where I start I get really excited for like two or three weeks and then I'm just like having an issue trying to get to Depression. go past three weeks of, of a grind <laughs> it's like well why would I why do I need that like I, I obviously I want to you know right but now I'm, I'm at the three week period and I'm like ah I have to go back to the gym <laughs> you um I've noticed that you you've actually been in a good routine lately what have, have you been you've been doing cold plunges too haven't you been doing some cold plunging that's been you know just doing that hard stuff yeah i feel like you know without harping on i don't know how it comes off but you know people are are soft i feel like and they don't no, challenge, right, they, they don't challenge themselves and you know you have to challenge yourself to get better you have to do uncomfortable things and without doing those things you're just you're not going to grow and so i've always been a proponent proponent of you know doing those difficult things even especially on the days you don't feel like doing it well you used to have to grind and work your ass off and actually like do stuff to be able to, to be respected and to be acknowledged on a just even just a societal level you, yeah. you used to have to grind for for your respect right right and i feel like lately people are trying to find different special reasons to be accepted without having to put in the hard work yeah. and for people that are actually trying to do the, the the right thing and put in the work and the time and it, it makes them feel bad because people are doing taking shortcuts and doing nothing yeah. in return and it's like 
I mean, it's just irritating, really. Right. Like, I mean, what, what are you going to do? But like long term, it's not going to work for them either. So you do have to understand that as well. That exactly. Doing the right thing long term always pays off. I mean, 100 percent. And, you know, I've lost a, a considerable amount of weight and kept a good chunk of it off. I've, you know, I'm kind of getting back to the phase where I need to short some things up and be a little bit more attentive and spend a little bit more time in the gym because, you know, I lost Me too. at one point 120 pounds, I think, and put on a good amount of a muscle mass since then. But, you know, I'm definitely looking to make that a priority in my life again, because I know when, you know, I'm on point with my physical health, my mental health benefits greatly. Yeah, yeah, there's a yin and a yang for sure. If I'm uh, physically like not taking care of my body and eating junk food for a few weeks, like I feel like mentally I have no energy to do anything. I can barely get yeah. through the work day. But then you add a workout in a few times a week and it's a game changer. And it's, you know, I think it has a lot to do with like the food that we eat too. You know, being able, yeah. you know, they pack so much shit in our food these days. And Ooh. it's just, it's, you know, the healthier you eat. I think it's just as much about, you know, what you're doing physically as it is what you're, what you're putting in your body. Because, you know, when I'm paying super close attention, I'm, cooking a majority of my meals I'm doing meal prepping my just body in general feels better and you know I think that transcends to, to all aspects especially when you're keeping track um of what's going in the it provides so much more mental clarity I think for me oh dude yeah for sure especially well, what, in conjunction what else has, has been new with you Andrew what, what you been up to? I know you've been busy. I tried to get you on last weekend, but you uh, you had a nice Yeah, we were weekend. back in Nebraska, back in the, the frozen tundra. Of course, oh my the, gosh. the first weekend we get in Arizona that it's 80s and sunny and weather's starting to get a little bit warmer. We're, we're pretty coddled here in Phoenix. Wait, uh, how was the, the golf tournament too? Sorry, I just randomly thought about that. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, we had waste management. What was that? About a month ago. Yeah, it is. I haven't heard about that, dude. It is a wild experience. I think, I think they say that Scottsdale like adds two hundred thousand people on the day of Holy waste crap. management, and but it, that was also the week of the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, so that whole weekend was wild. Still you know, traffic. There. I work downtown uh, for my job. We have a really cool office uh, down there. We're just a few blocks away from where the Suns play, actually. And they had everything set up. I uh, can't remember what park it was. They had everything set up in a park a couple blocks away from my office. So Friday, the the day before the Super Bowl weekend, we ended up having to leave early from our office because they had like the NFL Super Bowl experience set up a few blocks from our oh, okay. uh, office. So they didn't want us to get trapped downtown. So we did appreciate that. But we had to leave, I think. I think we left at one or two at that on that day and we were usually there until four or five so that was kind of nice to get out a little bit early did you just go to like one hole at the golf tournament and just like watch we... that one hole or how did you <laughs> how did that work uh i've never been to a golf tournament first Dude, i haven't either it uh had i known more going in i feel like we would have been more strategic but we 
we didn't know what we were doing. We ended. I think we walked like 13 miles that day, probably. Oh god! I'm. I'm not even exaggerating. And we walked from my fiance's friend's apartment, which was probably two or three miles from uh, the golf course. So we walked two. So that you know, we started off hot, two three mile walk just to get there, and then instead of doing the smart thing settling into one whole location and just watching people come through. Right. We just walked around the whole place. And so we were exhausted by the end of it. We walked back and I did get a, I got a hat, I think at the, the store for, you know, 50 bucks, of course, but. Did you see was, any big names playing? Um, I think I saw Rory McElroy a couple of times. Uh, I don't remember. I really don't remember. Not even that we were drinking that heavily. We just were yeah. spent the whole day walking. You were figuring we out saw some big groups, but it was nice. you know if if you had a drone out there, it would literally just look like an anthill had burst at this golf course. That'd been fun. And did get, we did see somebody? You know, there's no joke. We saw somebody getting carted out that was well past their limit in the ambulance. Oh, actually, oh jeez. Yeah. You know, was, yeah, all the videos of people walking around like super drunk at waste management definitely saw a handful of those. That's crazy, dude. I need to go to one of those one of these times. I've been excited to play golf this summer, though. We went to Top Golf yesterday. It was a cool nice. day, but dude, it's just it feels good to get the the golf swing back. You know? Yeah, I got I got really into it uh, last summer when I was kind yeah. of you know in between jobs a few times, which you know it was just fun to get out there and. Uh, I've played a handful of times uh, since then, but I've kind of fallen out, but weather's starting to warm up again. And uh, once it gets warm, the the prices go way down. We're in like peak golf season out here. So oh, you really can't, it's yeah, opposite of us. Yeah, you really can't get into a course for less than 50 or 60 bucks for 18 holes. But in the summer, there's a course up the street for me. I can, granted it's 110 degrees outside, but I can get out there for 15 bucks uh, for 18, which is nice. If you go before lunch, it'd be at least a little better. Yeah, well, you got to start early, early out here. It gets, you know, by noon, it's it's hot. It's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. <laughs> Dude, thanks for um, for the, the sales advice. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to touch on? Nothing. I mean, what's been going on with you? How things uh, been going? Oh, I know you've been doing some training recently uh, at work. Yeah, I'm staying crazy busy, dude. Now, that is good, though. Work has been giving me some opportunities to get training done on um, the manufacturers that um, the product that we sell, you know, they have they have training courses to get more of a programming role so I can right. understand the product at a more a software uh, level and try to troubleshoot and fine tune a product on site. And I'm getting more into the the commissioning slash training roles. Yeah. And I used to be just an installer. So that's, right. um, that's really exciting. It's a lot because when you're learning new information for like five to 10 hours a day, it, dude, I'm so exhausted after that. It's like being, just, in, being in school times 10, cause it's, you know, highly specific stuff, I'm sure. So you gotta be paying yeah. close attention. Yeah. It's almost harder mentally on your body or sorry it's almost harder physically on your body just to tr take in new information than it is to like be in the field all day but <laughs> on top of that i'm doing this networking course to be a 
professional certified network administrator, I bet, yeah. basically for, for the AV world. So if I can, I've been doing that, um, on company hours, which is really a, a huge bonus to be able to get That's paid awesome. to, do, to do training, uh, massive can't, can't be more happy about that. So I'm, I need to take that test here in the next couple of weeks and hopefully that'll leverage me. That's a long-term like certification that I can yeah. use maybe after logic in, in many years to come, you know, yeah. if I want to be like a, a network guy at a random company or something and just keep a nice light job. What, uh, yeah. So where do you see that? I mean, you're, you're getting more certifications. Do you see yourself, you know, getting away from the install side and moving more into that for the long term, or, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. I feel like overall, if, as long as you're applying yourself constantly and you never have, if you have a, a mentality of always learning, uh, I think I could really make it pretty far in the programming commissioning side of this world. And yeah. that way, yeah, I'm saving my body. I can get better workouts in that way. Yeah. And, um, Less once I, there. exactly. And once I learn everything, then I won't be as exa mentally exhausted either. So it'll be a win-win long-term. And I mean, for me to be able to do, start doing that shit at my age is exciting. Yeah. So the the future's exciting for sure i i'd still want to be like a professional drone pilot right like I, that's my yeah. life goal i think that'd be the most fun job for me but logic's treated me well and i want to be here for for the distant future at least and, you know? and they're taking notice of your your drone work as well right they're you know almost offering your services to some of their clients um yeah well or you know just in the fact of getting in touch with the owners and kind of upselling them i think that could be you know, depending on how it works out with with logic you know where you can really get your foundation and make good connections with with the business owners with the drone aspect of things well it's it's a really nice of sean the owner of that company i work for now he's he's been uh, using my sort my uh resources as you said i've been i've flown a few drone like tours of our, of our equipment and yeah. our our speakers and TVs and all that stuff. And if it's a beautiful uh, building and facility, then we'll usually try to ask that client if I can fly through and, and capture the, the beautiful architecture. Nice. Yeah, and that's exciting. And we just built a massive video wall for a client in- uh, Right, I remember Tech you Center. sending me some pictures of that, yeah. It's huge, and there's two of them. Yeah. And I did a before fly, a drone fly through of the, just the construction site. So yeah. it's just bare, there's no walls, it's just- studs yeah. in the wall and that's it and we'll do a, an after shot i'm really excited about that of the of the video wall in and all that stuff and i'll do like a merging video it should be pretty cool that's so awesome. even the sales guy for that david he is implementing that and he asked the client hey first time we've ever done this but can we do like a drone before and after video and the guy's like yeah whatever why not nice so for me to have enough skill to be for the sales guys to be confident in that yeah is is also a really huge bonus and it's like you know what what do they say about success it's not like it's it's the combination of prepared and getting lucky right so as long as i stay prepared in the next coming years and just build keep putting it out there it'll like i don't even have to reach out to people necessarily because i'm not like strapped for money or anything right so if i just slowly develop my my company over the years eventually i should be able to start hitting the ground running it's, with it. the slow game is always better than the the quick buck that's for sure yeah, yeah, I would, dude, you're definitely onto something. Somebody, dude, somebody, I wanted to talk, tell you this. I was selling my old monitor on Facebook Marketplace, mm. and somebody fucking messaged me and was trying to scam me out. Like, he was asking questions about the condition of it and stuff. Yeah. And then I quickly realized that he was full of shit. And he's like, "Yeah, my son's gonna pick it up tomorrow. I just need to pay you." And he, and then he went into this like. 
business. Okay, long story short, like there's so many people out there trying to scam for a quick buck and they're oh, never yeah. gonna they're never gonna make it. Like I get so many scamming requests nowadays. It even probably hurts your industry of selling because then yeah. people are way more hesitant on like is this guy legit or Absolutely. am I just people just trying to take a couple hundred dollars from me? Right. And you know, we're we we have to be wary of like really egregious fraud especially in our space because there's very strict laws around more specifically the employee retention credit and there's uh, a criminal case right now in utah for a company that was just doing egregious fraud i think they had two pages of charges of criminal tax charges um and so you have to be really careful and um with you know the scamming stuff we get you know, we'll get phishing emails a lot of the time. And when you're a big established, you know, company like that, you have to be very careful of your, your security systems. And, you know, we'll get the phishing emails. I've had my boss, uh, got text messages of somebody impersonating our CFO asking him to go buy, uh, gift cards at Walmart. And Don't we get those same ones. We yeah. Get the same ones. And yeah. so, that's, I mean, it's crazy what people will do to, to do, to make a quick buck and they don't care, you know, <laughs> Dude, you know what the worst part is they, it works too. Yeah. Like every, people every are, you know, I don't I mean morals are going down the drain for sure, but right. it works. <laughs> I don't want to diminish people, but you just got it. <laughs> hard work into like something for yourself, right? And, not scamming people. And I just, people, you know, I worked in the bank. So like I've been around fraud pre prevention practices for for so long and so for me i guess like i'm just more immediately cautious just because of the background that i have i feel like but you know it's just like use some common sense like what well, do you <laughs> the same, on the same how people the, are are gonna yeah. try and take advantage of you because it's you know older people i can kind of understand but like i was gonna say on the same tune my grandparents got gypped into this guy acting like he was my brother i remember and, yeah you've said you i think and, i think I've heard and they're too nice they're like okay we'll send you some a couple thousand saying that he's in jail address. or whatever yeah exactly yeah it's crazy so i mean those people that just don't have that same experience and understanding of technology that we do and right. that's the sad part is like eventually that generation is going to die off, but like just to, not to be harsh about it, but right. like we're going to be in the same boat when we're older. I mean, there's probably gonna be like flying cars and shit. Yeah, like, who, who knows, knows what's going to be Who knows how they're going to, we'll be six you know, years old and they're like trying to scam us for a, for an NFT or something like. <laughs> oh, probably dude. This is a cool piece of authentic NFT art. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, is this where we're going? Seriously? Like, honestly, we don't know what the next five years looks like. Yeah. Especially with the AI coming out. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much you paid attention to like chat GPT, but. Yeah. I used it on the past podcast. I just like type in shit. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've used it to write like marketing emails for myself. Like there. Yeah. It's very interesting to, to see how that progresses. And I think. It was just what less than six months ago that that came out and i think they're already on version four or five and yeah. it, it's not just going to be doing text now i was reading a linkedin article like there it's actually going to be able to produce videos and like audio and stuff and yikes it's 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 going to be that's where it gets weird it, when you yeah. can do deep fakes like when you can take somebody's voice if they have enough recordings of them 
and actually put, overlay it on on a visual sense too so i, right. I can look and sound like joe rogan that's that's where it gets deep fakes are going to get weird right because then you can't like you could make a deep fake that's like crazy enough to bring into court and it's yeah. like and how do we know that this differed. is yeah you can, how do you know the authenticity um, of the video yeah i mean i don't like that future it's at weird all, it's weird to think it's like you know where do you get to the point where you know icarus flies too close to the sun and <laughs> Skynet, Skynet's gonna come after us or something. All I know is I'm so glad we grew up in like middle school without phones. Right. Like I think my first flip phone was in like eighth grade, probably. So yeah. I, to be able to have no phone up until that point, I'm actually so grateful for. Like I didn't think I'd be saying this right. back in high school, but like just playing outside in middle school with my friends, you know, just going outside every day of the summer, like that's Crazy. invaluable memories that the kids nowadays pretty much don't have. They don't have. Yeah, and they're just. They, their, their memories is the phones and the right. tablets and like we at least were the probably the last generation of kids that grew up without technology being in our face to for 24 7. and i could see like having movies and tv shows that are like taking place in the 80s and 90s being more and more and more popular because yeah. that's what everyone wants to just experience and relive right and these future-proof movies almost seem like they're just out of control at this point it's right who can do the crazier wild made like what like 11 fast and furious movies at this point and oh yeah they're not even driving in cars anymore <laughs> oh yeah right <laughs> they're gonna be doing drone racing soon yeah yeah <laughs> dude i want to get into drone racing have you ever seen that it's I've like seen, DRL. The, they take over like football stadiums and then they put they LED up like gates up. Obstacles and, and stuff, right? It's like LED drones just like zipping by. So basically what you do, it's like kind of like horse racing. You just pick your own color. Yeah. Like, I want the purple LED drone to do the best. And you just watch it go around the track basically, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. that I, I just can't believe like the, the hand-eye coordination that, you know, you were clearly su super good at. Um, you know, minus your little injury last weekend that yeah, I still how the pinky doing. <laughs> uh, it it's not sealing. Uh, so <laughs> given another week, if it's not sealed, I might need like a couple stitches. I don't do. It looked like it was pretty gnarly. That was, it hurt. I showed dude. my it parents. Was, <laughs> it was pulsing for like an hour. I'm like, dude, this Those hurts. blades are fast. <laughs> Did you hear that thing take off? It's yeah. insane, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, if I those guys who do that, like top tier racing, is, yeah. it's it's like the difference between us playing basketball and NBA players. I'm like, sure. Well, I'm sure. You just yeah. have to put in ten. To, you just have to put in ten to twelve hours a day of flying drone. Like people fly a hundred batteries a day before those those races That's for weeks crazy. and weeks and weeks. Like I I don't know if I've flown a hundred batteries this year. So it's like, <laughs> it, they're just a different like breed, yeah. you know. That's it's crazy that they can. And just like, especially the stuff that gets really crazy to me is like the first person when you're flying, like that, you know, that's crazy. Now I have a second pair of goggles. So whenever you come back in to, to visit, I can, anyone can watch, put the goggles oh, on. Oh, really? Just, like sit in live and like just watch a live drone. How that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going, yeah. I want to get out to Denver soon. Hopefully we, I can get out there this summer. I'm actually going to, to Vegas next weekend uh on behalf of my company they're putting us up in the aria for three days uh or four days three nights uh we're gonna be there for march madness there's a little work competition Ooh. um so i'm pretty excited for that and 
Dude, oh. have fun. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I don't think I got a chance to tell you about that. So I, uh, I'm pretty. Well, we talked about you guys coming out for the Fourth of July. That's right. Yeah. So that'll hopefully. Still you better be put out. that in the books. I got. So we're looking forward to it. We're going. Uh, you don't uh, want to be in Phoenix for the Fourth of July. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah, we've got a lot of travel coming up. We're we're gonna go. Uh, and in June, I have a cousin getting married out in North Carolina, so I think we're gonna make a mm. make a trip out of that, and then be back and hopefully come see you guys for Fourth of July. That'd be awesome. Do it, dude. That's exciting, man. Yeah, I miss just the average hangouts that we would have. Even it was so quick, nice. 30, 10, 45 minutes. Back when we lived ten ten minutes away from each other, and yeah, it'd be eight thirty, and I could still make it over to to spark something. <laughs> I I lived right on the edge of downtown, and. Yep. I would always have an hour lunch and you would, a lot of times we could like make it work. So we're like, all right, I'll go home real quick. Uh, have a <laughs> quick forgot, lunch break yeah. and we can, we can watch a YouTube video on lunch. We break can fast line it up. A, yeah. Have a session. That's just so fun, dude. dude I miss those. It's crazy days. how small Lincoln is, you know, live, going from yeah. growing up in Lincoln to, to living in such a huge city now. It's, it's crazy. Weird, dude? You know, my, my closest friend out here, Thomas, he lives, I think five or six miles away from me, not super far, but it takes me, you know, 15, 20 minutes just to get to his place. And like, you know, you really have to, you know, make a commitment to hang out with somebody, which is tough. You know, you don't want to, it doesn't, you don't want it to sound bad, but you know, you travel, you commute through the city all day and then you don't want to have to commute just to go hang out with somebody. Well, it's not only the commitment thing, but it's like the older you get, the more responsibility there is naturally. That's just yeah. how it is. And each each time like you know time is the most valuable currency for me at least it's right like I, if i could buy another two hours a day i would probably oh, absolutely because like when people are dude i hear people all the time saying how bored they were on the weekend i'm like please give me your time yeah, i don't know how you're it. bored i don't know what you're not doing but right. give me some more time i'll take it <laughs> jesus how are you bored there's too much to do yeah 100 percent. oh man well, thank you, Andrew. That was a f great conversation. Yeah. Um, what was that? Forty-six minutes, dude. That was, that was a fun time, man. That was. Easy. Uh, I actually learned a lot about sales from you in that short amount of time. I'm getting more uh, ideas on how to uh, reach out to people and actually be more personable. So that is a huge bonus, and I'm gonna probably utilize that, those tips next weekend. I'm excited. I people. can't wait. You know, message me whenever to you know get some tips and tricks let's get let's yeah get we could do this more often away. just for fun yeah 100 percent. but yeah thanks for the time andrew um and hopefully you have a great rest of your day happy saturday happy saturday dude later doc see ya